0: I'm Tommy Green. I'm the associate pastor here at Centerpoint, and I want to welcome you to our first installment of our new series entitled Love, Dating, Marriage, and Sex. We're going to take the whole month of February, we're going to be talking about these issues, and not just because in the month of February we have Valentine's Day and everything that goes along with Valentine's Day, but because we want to strengthen marriages. I believe with all my heart that marriage is under attack in our country. I believe that um, the devil will love nothing more than to destroy the institution of marriage. Because if a key can destroy marriages, families will fall apart. If families fall apart, you've totally destroyed the foundation and the building blocks of a godly society and a society that needs God. And so this this whole month of February, we're going to be talking about these issues. Matter of fact, today we're going to be talking about love and how love plays an important role in our marriages and an important part of, of, of how we relate to one another. Matter of fact, inside your bulletin, you're going to find an insert with an outline on it entitled Love. And if you need a pen to fill in the blanks, if you'll just raise your hand, our ushers would love to come by and get you a pen. Now, I know some of you are here this morning. You're going, well, I'm not real sure how this uh, series is going to relate to me. I'm, I'm not married anymore. I've never been married. And, but many of us know people whose marriages are in trouble. Matter of fact, how many of you in this room know of a marriage that is really, really struggling and almost at the brink of ending it all. Does anybody know of a marriage like that? I mean, look at the hands around this room. There's a lot of people whose marriages are in trouble, and there are some things we're going to learn in this series that would be able to be used to help them in their marriages. Also, many of you are going to eventually be married, and I will tell you this, there are a lot of things I'm going to share today that I wish I would have had have known before I ever got married. Because it would have made the first part of my marriage a lot easier than what it is, and so there's lots of things we can learn. I think this this whole series and this message today is going to be able to apply to all of us. So before we get started, I want to have a word of prayer, and then we'll jump into today's message. Would you pray with me, Lord? We want to come before you this morning, and Lord, we just want to um, uh, give you our time this morning. Lord, we ask that, Lord God, that you would unclog our ears, Lord God, and that we'd be able to hear what you want to say to us today. Lord, I pray that you would give us tools that we could use to strengthen our marriages, Lord God, to strengthen one another, to love each other the way that you want us to love each other, in the same way that you have loved us. And so, Father, I pray that this morning, Lord God, that you would move me out of the way, and Lord God, that you would speak to us, and uh, Lord God, that you would have your way in this place. We pray those in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. You know, love is a very confusing word. We use the word love to express and describe the way we feel about our spouses and those people that we're really close to. But then on the other hand, we use the word love to describe the way we feel about pizza. (laughs) And, I mean, are we actually saying that we feel the same way about each of the two? You know, do I really feel about pizza the same way I feel about my wife? Well, of course not. And in the same context, you know, the word love actually has different meanings. I mean, in some contexts... Uh, love means intimacy. In another context, love means I haven't scored any points in tennis yet. Think about that for a second. I mean, love is really a confusing word. And so this morning, we want to take and look, what does God's word say love is? How does it apply to us? And what is love really? Matter of fact, point A on your outline or point one on your outline, which actually should be point A on your outline. We had to uh, because of the Alabama blizzard and the storm, the ice storm we had, we had a little bit of a rough time getting some of these things edited. Matter of fact, I want you just just side note real quick. You know, I think Alabama might be the only place that school is out for a snowstorm on Friday and I can get a sunburn on Saturday. Anyone know what I'm talking about? I mean, I went out last night. I'm like, I got a little bit of sunburn yesterday, which is amazing. Uh, but, you know, what we're going to talk about today is that what is love? The Bible express or describes three types of love for us in the Bible. The first type of love that's described in the Bible is a physical love. It's romance, it's sexual desire, it's intimacy. And this is the type of love that is celebrated in our culture. matter of fact, just watch late night TV or watch the next music award show and you will understand what I'm talking about. It is what we use and what our society celebrates. And we use this type of love to sell everything from cars to shampoo to hamburgers. And it's what everything that we, we talk about in our society seems to surround this type of love. But that was really God, never God's intention. Matter of fact, God's intention is that He created this type of love and it's a special love and it's actually a gift to us. And when it's used in the context of marriage and a loving relationship between a man and a wife in in marriage, it is a beautiful and a wonderful thing. And matter of fact, this is what um, uh, Song of Solomon talks about in the first part of it. It says, Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, for your love is more delightful than wine. Pleasing is the fragrance of your perfumes. Your name is like perfume poured out. No wonder young women love you. Take me away with you. Let us hurry. Let the king bring me into his chambers. And that word chambers is bedroom. And if you wonder if that's talking about what you think it's talking about, yes, it is. And uh, God created that, and it's a wonderful thing. And John is going to be talking about a lot more in depth of this type of love in our series on sex. As a matter of fact, it will be a PG 13 message. And he'll go a lot further than what I'm going to go today. So uh, I'm going to leave it right there. But that is a type of love that is in the Bible, is expressed a lot in the Bible. And it's a wonderful thing. Now, another type of love that's in the Bible is a brotherly love. That's point B on your outline. It's a brotherly love. It's companionship. It's love between friends. It is the part of love in marriage that, where we actually like each other and we actually like doing things together. And it's a very important component to marriage. This is what Romans 12.10 says. Love each other with genuine affection. Honor one another above yourself. And that word love there is a is a Greek word called uh, philia. And it's where we get the word Philadelphia from. Have you ever heard that Philadelphia is the city of brotherly love? Well, that's the word that's used in this context right here, that we are to love each other with a brotherly love, that we're to like each other and to prefer one another and to do things to each other, to honor one of another. And it's in a hugely important part of marriage. Matter of fact, also in our dating series, we're going to go in much more detail about this because it's very important when you're looking for a spouse, for a lifetime partner that you're going to be married to, it's very important not just to have a sexual desire for them and, and that type of love, but you also need to be able to be friends. Because uh, our desires for one another, if you have not know, go up and down. And it sure is nice to actually like the person that you're going to be spending the most time with. So we're going to be talking about that a lot more in the weeks to come. But the third type of love that's described in the Bible is an unconditional love. And this type of love is a sacrificial love. It's a, a committed, it's given without demanding or expecting anything in return. This is the type word, you've, if you've ever heard the word agape or agape love, this is the type of love it's talking about. It's the type of love that God loves us and that God is calling us to love each other with. It's unconditional. It's sacrificial. It gives more than it takes. And that's the type of love we want to talk about today. In matter of fact, in Philippians 2-3, this is how the Bible describes that kind of love. Think of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out for your own interests, but take an interest in others, too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. God showed us what love was when he it was like, this is sacrificial. It's Give without wanting something in return. It's the kind of love that Christ showed us, and it's the kind of love that he wants us to show one another. And it's the type of love that we're going to talk about today. matter of fact, note on your outline is that all three types of love are important in a healthy, godly marriage. I mean, how many of you would agree with that, that you need all three types of these loves to have a really good and successful marriage? I mean, there are going to be times that the feelings that we have for one another as I said earlier, are going to diminish. There are going to be times that we are more attracted to each other than we are at other times. There are going to be times that we like each other more than we do at other times, correct? And when those times come and go, when we go through the valleys and we go through up on the mountain and back in the valleys, if we're not committed to one another with an agape love, with an unconditional love, then things could fall apart. Matter of fact, the unconditional love is the love is the glue that keeps us together in hard times. And how many of you know that you're going to have hard times? If you've been married long enough, you're going to have hard times, correct? Well, it's the glue that will keep us together. And um, note on this is that unconditional love is the highest form of love. It's the highest form of love because it's what keeps us together. It's what we'll be talking about today. 1 Corinthians 13.13 13 says this. Three things will last forever. Faith hope and love and the greatest of these is love and that word love there is exactly what we're talking about it's agape that's the greatest thing that will last first peter 4 8 says the same thing most important of all continue to show deep unconditional love for each other for love covers a multitude of sins a point B on your outline states that God showed us what unconditional love looks like. He gave us a picture of what it looks like. And most important about this statement and point B is that God showed us what love looks like is the fact that love looks like something. If I tell you that I love you and there's no actions or it doesn't look like anything, is it really love? No, it's not. Love looks like something, and this is what it looks like. 1 John 4, 9 through 10 says, God showed How much He loved us by sending His one and only Son into the world so that we might have eternal life through Him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Uh, Listen, God showed love by... You know, you circle the word by there. I mean, He showed us love by doing something, by sending His Son... It looked like something. First John 3.16 says the same thing. For God so loved the world that he gave, underline the word gave, his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. God showed us that unconditional love looks like sacrifice. It looks like putting someone's needs in front of your own. You know, Jesus came to the world and he loved us so much that he came and he gave Because he knew what we needed. We needed to be made right with God. And because we need to be made right with God, he sacrificed his very own son so that we could have what we needed. And that is the type of love that we need in our marriages. That's the type of love that will keep marriages strong and safe and secure and together. Um, You know, I was uh, not a couple years ago, I had a... um, a, uh, couple come into my office and they were, um, were in love and they wanted to get married. And so I was doing some premarital counseling with them. And I'd asked the girl, I said, well, tell me this, why do you want to get married? And she says, because I love him. Oh, I love him. And I said, well, okay, well, tell me, how do you know that you love him? And she looked at me and she says, because He makes me feel like a million dollars. I mean, when I'm with him, I am on cloud nine. And I I looked at him and I said, well, good. I'm I'm glad. But how do you know that you love him? I said, everything you just described to me is an effect of his love for you. He makes you feel like you're a million dollars. He makes you feel like uh, you could conquer the world. But that's what his love does for you. How do you know that you love him? And the point I was making was this, is that love is about giving what we give to other people, not what we take. It's what we can do for them, not what we receive. It's more about, you know, you've heard the scripture say it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. That's a reflection of what our marriages should look like. We should be more concerned about what we give in our marriages than what we take. And that's exactly what God wants us to do. Matter of fact, point C says God wants us to show unconditional love to each other in our marriages. And I want to give you two reasons why God wants us to give unconditional love in our marriages. The first one is this: when we show unconditional love in our marriages, we are an example to the world of what Christ's love looks like to us. Matter of fact, God in the Bible, He he, he, he I mean He compares. His love for us as our love for each other in a marriage. Matter of fact, in the Bible, we as a church are called his bride. And we are shown what a husband is supposed to treat his bride like by the way he treated his church. And it's very important that we do that. And it's expression, and it shows the world that we really, really do have a God that loves us. And that is one of the reasons why the devil that goes around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. The reason he wants to destroy marriages is because if he can destroy marriages, he destroys our witness to the world, our light that shines out. that says, look, there's a God who loves us unconditionally the same way that we love each other unconditionally in our marriages. Listen to 1 John 4, 11. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, but... If we love each other, God lives in us, and His love is brought to full expression in us. When we love each other, it expresses the love of God to other people. Now, listen. Another reason that um, showing unconditional love in a marriage is important is the point that if we show love, and uncondition- if each of us show unconditional love in a marriage, it will keep marriages together. We'll, co- we'll create marriages that will last, and that's very important. Here's what Ephesians 5, 5.25 says about husbands. It says, For husbands, this means love your wives as Christ loves the church. And he gave up his life for her. First Peter says, The same goes for you wives. Be good wives to your husbands, responsive to all their needs. Can I get an amen? Amen. I mean, how many of you would like to be in a marriage like that? Where the husband was all about meeting the needs of the wife. And the wife was all about meeting the needs of the husband. We would call that heaven. <laughs> but that is what God has called us to do. And that's exactly what he wants it to look like if we'll put others first. You know, the currency of marriage is love. Just like, uh, just like the currency in our household is money. You know, we need money to pay our bills, to keep the light on, to, to eat food, we knew those things well. For marriages to survive, they run on love, and there's one way to keep a love a marriage strong. It's the same way it is that you keep your household strong, and that you never go bankrupt. If you never want your marriage to go bankrupt, here's the key for you: you must always deposit more than you withdraw. Think about that for a minute. You must always deposit more than you withdraw. It's the same way it works in our bank accounts, doesn't it? If we give more loves to our spouses, if we love them and say, how can I meet your needs? More than saying, how can you meet my needs? Every time that you say, make me happy, do this for me, you ought to do this for me, we're withdrawing from the bank of love. But every time we say, how can I meet your needs? Every time, what can I do to make you feel valued? What can I do to make you feel like a million dollars? Every time we do that, we deposit into our bank of love, okay? And if we don't want to go bankrupt, we need to deposit more than we withdraw. Now, here's a life application for us in that, though. To love our spouses unconditionally, we need to express love in ways that they understand, okay? I'll tell you this. When I first got married... um, I loved my wife. We had a really wonderful marriage. And I um, understood this concept of giving more than taking. I had been taught that. And I would try to show her love. I really would. I would try to do things that made her feel love. But can I tell you, I fell short miserably, horribly. I mean, everything I did just didn't seem to work the way I wanted it to work. And the problem was is that I wasn't showing her love in the way that she needed. I was showing her love in the way that I needed. And it, because it causes a problem. But the truth of the matter is that we need to show love to one another. Here's what 1 John uh, 3.18 says. Let us not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our action. About eight years ago, uh, my wife and I uh, read a book called The Five Love Languages. Has any of you in here read the book, uh, The Five Love Langu- If you have not read that book, you need to read the book. It revolutionized our marriage. Like I said, we had a good marriage, but I'm not satisfied with a good marriage. I mean, I want to strive for a great marriage. Shouldn't that be our goal? And when we read the book and we begin to understand these concepts of this book, it began to change us. And the book explains that all of us receive love in one of five ways that all of us talk a different language when it comes to filling up our bank of love, okay? That some of us receive love uh, by touch. When you touch someone, when you give them a hug, you give them a kiss, all of a sudden their love meter goes, whew, out the roof. For other people, you give them a hug, you give them a kiss, and it's okay. They feel love, but their love bank doesn't go out the roof, okay? For other people, it's, um, it's uh, acts of service, when you do something kind for them, when you cook them a meal, when you mow the lawn, when you um, uh, go pick up the kids for your spouse, when you do something meaningful to them that says, hey, you were thinking about me and you served me, all of a sudden their love bank goes out the roof. Their love meter just skyrockets. But not all of us have the same love language. And sometimes we try to talk to each other as if we're all talking a common language and we're not. Another Uh, One that he explains is gifts. And if you have, uh, uh, if if gifts is one of your love languages, you, I'll just tell you this right now. You are big on birthdays. (laughs) You are big on anniversaries. And you think everyone ought to be big on birthdays and anniversaries. You don't understand why they're not. And the truth is that every time that you receive a gift, if your spouse goes away on a trip and they come back and they bring you a gift, all of a sudden your love meter just skyrockets. Because all of a sudden it's like, oh, he was away on a trip and he was thinking about me. And your love meter just skyrockets. Another way that is another love language that he talks about is quality time. And these people love long, 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 long meaningful conversations without cell phones. Without any distractions, they like to go on long walks and they like to just do things together and just be close to one another. And that's what makes them feel valued and makes them feel loved. Other people, it's words of affirmation. I mean, these people, you say, hey, you did a good job. And all of a sudden they perk up like, yeah, well, thank you. Thank you. I needed to hear that. You tell them, you, you tell your spouse you love you. And all of a sudden they just something goes off in them. And these people feel loved by words of affirmation. Now, I want to ask my wife, Shelley to come up here with, you, with me, because I want to talk a little bit for a moment about how this concept really revolutionized our, our marriage. And it took our marriage from being good, which it was, to being better. And how many of you would like for your marriages to go from good to being better? Anybody? I think we all would. I mean, I, mean, I think it's, it's, a, it's a goal that we ought to have in life. And, um, I mean, Shelly, I mean, for us, I mean, we've been married now, what, for like, about 10 years or so? 16
1: in March, dear.
0: (laughs) Okay, well, um, you know, I've heard that uh, time flies when you're having fun. So um, That's a pretty good saying right there, don't you think? Moving right along, moving right along. But when we first got married, we didn't really understand this concept. Truth be told, we spoke different languages. Yes. Matter of fact, we had one language in in, in common, though the one lo- the one love language that we have in common is gifts, and it's neither of ours, yeah. correct? Yeah. I mean, we are horrible.
1: Pathetic is more
0: accurate. When when it comes to birthdays or Christmas or coming home from a trip, we- that just doesn't 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 compute with us, does it? Yeah. I remember one time I came home from a trip and I was and I was trying to learn this thing and and, and trying to learn really what her love languages were, were and and. Uh, a, uh, a friend of mine was that was on a trip with me. He had stopped in the airport and he bought his wife this really nice gift for, that had a shirt from where we were at and everything. I was like, that's a great Marvel idea. So I went and got you some kind of trinket or whatever, and I brought it home and it didn't have quite the response that I thought it was gonna have, did it? No. What happened?
1: I just said, Why'd you spend the money on that? <laughs> <laughs> and he was just like,
0: I don't know. Why'd you like it. But that's really the only thing that we have in common when it comes to love language it's the only thing we speak in common. Matter of fact, when we first got married, I really knew how to speak Tommy really well. Really well. Really well. But I was really well. horrible at speaking Shelly. And I was trying to show you love, but it really didn't, it really didn't compute. I mean, my love language is, is touch and words of affirmation. And yours is totally different.
1: Mine's acts of service and quality time. So this is a typical evening at the green home. <laughs> pre-kids, before kids came. I'm cooking dinner, and I'm cooking an amazing dinner from scratch, thinking about him the whole time. He walks in the door, comes up behind me. I have my hands in raw chicken, and he throws his arms around me and gives me a kiss on the cheek. He's like, hey, I, I love you. How was your day? And I'm like, get away. I'm trying to cook you a meal. And not that I don't love, because I absolutely love it when he holds my hand in public and different things but the thing was, my love language, I was trying to do something for him that was from my heart. And so we weren't, we weren't connecting. It made him feel rejected because that is his love language.
0: And on the same sense, when yes. you would cook the meal, mm-hmm. she would cook the meal. And just, and she's just a great, amazing cook. But we had these amazing meals like every night when we first got married. I just thought she was trying to make me fat and mark her territory. Okay? <laughs> but... <laughs> she's done a pretty good job of, but, but nevertheless, I, you know, I thought that's what it was all about, and so she would come, and she cooked this amazing meal, and she would go, she goes, well,
1: I'm staring at him at his face in anticipation, like, do you like it? Do you like it? And he's like, that's good.
0: It it was, it, it, it wasn't my love language. I didn't realize that, I did not realize that she was trying to show me love, and she didn't realize that when I went up behind her and was holding her and giving her a kiss, and Matter of fact, I was trying to show her my appreciation, and I loved her, and I was felt like she could care less to some degree at that moment. And it really, all of a sudden, we didn't understand each other's language. And I'll never forget one of the other things that that we would do. We would eat these big meals when we first got married, and after we ate ate that, you always wanted to go on a walk, like a long walk. And I thought you were, like, really big into exercise but that really wasn't what you were into, was it?
1: Not at all, because I'm a quality time person. It was really meaningful to find out, "Hey, how was your day? Tell me, tell me what you're feeling. Tell me what's going on in your head." Feeling. You know, was, yeah.
0: Sorry. It's true. And you know, when we really started understanding this concept of we read this book and and we actually I think we went to a retreat and I remember uh, at first we just tried to try to figure out each other's love language. But it, things really started really started moving along when we sat down and we talked. And I said, how do you feel loved? How do you feel loved? What can I do to make you feel like a million dollars? What can I do to fill up your love bank? And we actually had a really good conversation about that. And that's when things begin to change. And I begin to understand that acts of service is one of your love languages. And I never forget, used to, to... to add, you know there would be things that need to be done around the house because I mean, we are a very normal married couple, and you know there were things that weren't getting done and I remember you were getting frustrated about that, and you were like why haven't you done this why haven't you done this? And I was like, "Well, just make a list and and that didn't really that really didn't go over real well, did it?
1: No, because as a woman <laughs> and as an active service person i'm thinking in my brain, you should just notice you should just see these things and if I finally came to the point where I realized he's not wired that way. And once I understood, that's not the way God's created him. And that's not how he does it. He's not going to naturally see it on his own. So then we're able to come to a compromise and I write things down and he does them. And And sometimes,
0: and I I look for more for opportunities to actually see those things. I remember one time you came home from a trip, you'd gone to a writing conference or something like that. And and you came home, and I remember thinking, okay, I know what her love language is. It's acts of service. I'm going to make her feel special. The house was spotless. I mean, the house was spotless. And can I tell you, the response I got from that was amazing. She lit up, and I was like, wow, that's the response I've been trying to look for all this time. But I was just not speaking your language. And so I think to, to show each other love in a way that each other can understand really begin to help us in our marriage. Yeah and i think now we we look for those opportunities
1: and i think too it's a matter of understanding how that person is wired naturally yeah. and learning to appreciate your differences you can you have two choices you can either fight against it and demand your own way or you can learn to appreciate those differences and work together and once you come to the point where you can appreciate it and and begin to look for ways to serve them, there's so much, I can't explain how much joy comes from that. And there's unity and a lot of the frustration and a lot of the petty stuff that Mm -hmm. we deal with as married couples just kind of goes by the wayside because you're really trying to give and look for, how can I put this other person first?
0: Yeah, it really does come to the back of celebrating each other's differences and recognizing them and celebrating them for who they are and who God actually created them to be. And I think that's a huge part. But, you know, that hasn't, you know, we're working on this. We have not mastered it by no means. I think that marriage is always a work in progress. And um, one of the things that I want you to know is that um, love isn't always easy. And there are times in our marriage still that, that, though, I mean, I don't, I mean hard for everyone out here to believe, but I'm not always easy to, to love, right? No, I mean, and neither am I. I mean, the truth be told, it, love can sometimes be hard. And um, matter of fact, here's, what, here's how love is explained in First Corinthians 13. It says, love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. It does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It always protects, it always trusts, it always hopes, it always perseveres. Love never fails. And if you've been married long enough, you understand that it's not always easy to be patient. You understand it's not always easy to be kind. It's not always easy not to keep any records of wrong. And sometimes love is hard. Sometimes marriage is work. And here's the point of the matter is that here's, a good, uh, here's what's good for it, though. Here's our life application. We can ask God to help us love when things get tough because God is love, and love comes from God. Here's what 1 John 4, 7, 8 says. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. You can circle. It's a wonderful scripture. Love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not, anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. You know, God does not just show us what love is like. God does not just love us. God is love itself. And here's the good news about that, that he has an endless supply of love to give to us. And he's got it. Endless supply ready when we ask. And if we will ask him to help us love one another, there have been times in our marriage where you've had to ask God, God, help me love that boy. Correct? Mm -hmm. And there have been times I've had to ask the same thing. But, But here's the truth. When I ask God that and we ask for God's help, God is always ready to help us. Here's what Matthew 7, 7 says. Keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. You know, ask. Keep asking and keep asking. Here's what Philippians 2, 3, 13 says. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Here's one thing I know for sure. God's desire is for Shelly to love me. We can say that. God's desire is for me to love her. And here's what this scripture says. God is giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him.
1: And and I want to say, too, you know, a lot of times we talk about how love is not easy. And it's so easy at times to think, oh, we just need to give up. We We just need to call it quits. And I just want to talk to the women for a second. From a woman's perspective, you know, during the course of our lifetime, there may be men that come across our path that are attractive. But the truth is, when you get down to it, they have stinky feet just like your man's stinky feet. And the truth of it is, they have their own quirky baggage. At least I know what I got with this. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's true. And he knows what he's got with me. And so we, we need to not give up. We need to be willing to put in the effort um, to work it out. Because it's God's desire. And there's a lot of joy that comes from that. Even though it's not always easy.
0: It's not. And here's what Philippians 4.13 says about this. I can do everything through Christ Jesus Who gives me strength? I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. And God wants us to have strong marriages. And God wants us to honor each other and to love each other and to prefer one another above. He really does. that's, That's what his desire is. And I want you to understand the reason we're talking about this is because marriages really are under attack. And the devil really does want to destroy marriages. And if he can get us in our society where all we do is value the physical part of love, and the friendship part of love, and, and, and those feelings come and go. And as long as our relationships are based on what the other person can do for us, we're going to have very fragile marriages. We're going to have very fragile relationships. But if we will have unconditional love one for another, it will strengthen those marriages. It will strengthen what God has intended for it, for it to be like. So before we leave this morning, I would love for us to have a moment of prayer. And I want to pray for our, I want to pray for marriages in our families. I want to pray for marriages in our church, in our community. And I want you to pray with me. And if there's someone that you know is struggling, and you know of someone that is really going through a hard time, I want you to ask God, God, help strengthen that marriage. Will you pray with me? Lord, we want to come before you right now. And Father, I thank you that, Lord, You design the institution of marriage. And Lord God, you desire strong marriages, Lord God, that are committed. And that love each other with an unconditional love. You want marriages that are based on friendship and are based on physical love. Lord, you want all of those things. And Father, I pray that this morning, Lord God, as we spend just a few moments, Lord God, in prayer. I pray that, Lord God, that you would... Um, protect those that we know. I pray that you protect our marriages. I pray that you protect the marriages of our coworkers and of our friends from the attacks of the devil. I want you to pray that right now. I want you, if you know of a marriage that's in trouble, you pray that for your own. Pray that God would protect you from the attacks of the enemy. spend some moment praying and saying, God, if that marriage, those marriages that are in trouble, Lord, I pray that you would bring good counsel their way. I pray that they would seek out good counsel. Pray that that, pray the people that you know that you're thinking about, pray that right now. Pray that they would get good counsel and they would seek out good counsel, good godly counsel. spend just a few moments and pray that God would turn their hearts or turn your heart, if you're in your own marriage, turn hearts towards one another. And that selfishness would leave our marriages. And that our marriages would be more about what we can do for the other person than what they will do for us. Spend a moment and pray that and ask God that God would do that in our hearts. Pray that God would give us the wisdom to learn each other's love languages, (laughs) to learn that we can love each other in a way that is meaningful to the other person. Spend some time praying that and pray that God would give us practical ways, whether we ask our spouses or we ask each other, what is that? How does that look? Spend some time praying over that. Father, as we just wrap this up this morning, Lord God, I pray, Lord God, for strong marriages. Lord, I pray for strong families. I pray that, Lord God, this community would be a community that is known for having strong marriages that shine forth the glory of God, that shines forth and tells the world, this is what love looks like. And I pray that, Lord God, that you would start with us. I pray that you would start with my marriage today. I pray, Lord God, that you would start with the marriages within this church and the marriages that are within this very room. I pray, Lord God, that you would strengthen us. And Lord, as we cry out to you and say, God, help us love. Help us love. And we pray these things in the powerful name of Jesus Christ. Amen.